Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. You know, today is one of the most celebrated dates on the earth calendar. Christmas is good. All these things are good. But Easter is another level. Easter changed everything. You know, uh, as we talk about, you know, today it's going to be the cross exchange. Not the financial exchange, but it's involved with it. But once you understand Easter, one of the big problems with Easter is how we have been taught to view Jesus on the cross. It's, it's, you know what one of the interesting things is, um, Syl and I went to Paris and uh, one, of the, one of the things we did, we went to the Louvre. Um, now, I, I'm into music. I'm not that much into art. I know what I like, but we went into the Louvre and we're watching all of these, you know, we're watching people sitting down like this at paintings. I'm thinking, are they all right? I wanted to pray for some of them. I want to go, are you okay? You seem to be, you know, so, we, so you've got paintings and you've got seats and people sit there and for hours they do it. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I not seeing? So I'm going, hmm, brush strokes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know what? And so we had uh, all these different things. And then also they've got paintings of Jesus on the cross. And done by the most exquisite artwork imaginable, by some of the, you know, the most celebrated painters of the, wor- of the world. But no one got changed. People were sitting, looking at the cross, but they walked away the same, except they had to pay to sit there. And I remember looking at another painting. It, was, it was, must have been at least eight feet crosswise and quite tall. And it had all of these you know, pictures in it. It had the Pope in it. It had Henry VIII in it. It had all of this stuff, right? And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, nice. Didn't understand it until one day I'm watching this travel show. And they had an art critic. And that, that, this painting came along and I was going to fast forward it because I've already seen the painting. But then he started to tell the story behind the painting. He started to say, this is what actually happened. So you had the Pope there representing spiritual authority. You had Henry VIII saying that I'm bigger than the church. Then you had all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, it painted a story. I, I now looked at this painting, and I'm thinking, I wouldn't mind having this in my house. Except I told Sylvia what it costs, and she said, well, Ted, start believing. <laughs> so, so, so what it was, it was like I'm looking at it, the same painting, but because somebody opened my understanding to what the painting represents, changed me. Do you realize that the, the prophecy about the cross starts off in Isaiah 53 with this. Who has believed our report? It starts off, who has believed our report, not who has believed what they've seen. See, your eyesight doesn't interpret. It's your mind that interprets what you see. That's why seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. See, that, I'll, I'll, I can prove this to you. If you, um, parents, there are 
billions of babies in the earth, right? Okay, if you didn't know, there are babies around, right? Okay, just in case, right? And you can look at all these babies, but then there is a certain baby that's your baby. You look at it and you feel different. Out of all the babies in the globe, there's one that looks different. Why? Because you know the story behind it. So when we come to the cross, you know, we, we see Jesus' Uh, the way Jesus is seen. So when we start talking about the cross, I used to think as a kid, so what's so amazing about the cross? Because there's all different kind of crosses and there is different ways to get crucified and then Jesus looks different. On one of the times Jesus is crucified as this blonde-headed American. Nothing against Americans. Then I went into PNG and Jesus had Afro hair. Right, so you've got all of these Jesuses but when you realize, what are you staring at? When you look at the cross, what do you see? Let me just show you something. Jesus preached for three and a half years, spent one-on-one -on -one with the disciples, and when he came to the cross, they ran away. So you had the people. Mary was there. What was Mary looking at? She was looking at, I'm losing my son. What were the disciples looking at? They were looking at, oh no, we've given everything up and he's going. What did Jesus look at? Sorry, what did Judas look at? He looked at it. There's the man that has been providing cash for me and he's going. What did Pilate see? He saw a religious fanatic. What did the Pharisees see? Somebody that is threatening their domain. So when you see the cross and you see Jesus on it, what do you see? Let's go right to the beginning. We get the Christmas story wrong. And that sets us up. You know, when you see all the Christmas stories, people believe that Jesus was born in poverty. So, so we, we, we see Jesus in a... In this stable, there was no room. Listen to me. They had the finance to get the room, but there was no room. Just say, in instance, you go into the Sheridan and you say, I'd like a room that says we're fully booked. Everything else is fully booked. Ten and Silva show is in town. Right? So, so they go, Where, what, where's their room? You can sleep in the car park. Why are you in the car park? Because there's no room at the Sheridan. So we get this poor little Jesus. Jesus is always pictured as this weak, poor man that is struggling. Now just, you, you could. So when, you, when you're looking at Jesus on the cross, you have been pre-programmed to look at what you are seeing. But that, when you start to look at the Word, in John it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when Jesus came onto the earth, He wasn't broke, He wasn't sick, He wasn't inferior. He made Mary great, Mary didn't make Him great. You're allowed to get excited. So you get right from the beginning. Just, just, so you get Jesus coming on the scene. Isn't that interesting? People go, Jesus wasn't sick. Jesus wasn't depressed. Jesus wasn't broke. Let me just show you this. 
Jesus fed the 5,000. How many know the story? Okay, they came up, there were 5,000 men plus women plus children. It is estimated there would have been 20,000 people there. Somebody comes up to, Jesus says, we need to feed them. They go, hey, we haven't got the cash. Jesus gets two loaves and fish, and he says, we're going to use this. In today's, Mom, if you took 20,000 people out to dinner tonight, what do you think that would cost you? I estimated at $380,000. That's without the tip. You put 10% on that, you're looking at four hundred. dollars So how does a poor man feed 20,000 people with $400,000? Jesus wasn't broke. Jesus wasn't sick. Jesus was never depressed. Jesus never, ever had an inferior thought. He never, ever had a negative thought. Jesus lived in the supernatural. In other words, he lived in the power of what you and I were created for. See, Jesus is known as the last Adam, not the second Adam. Therefore, it means the first Adam destroyed it. The second Adam is going to bring an eternal redemption that can never be changed. So when we talk about, people go, oh, the second Adam, a third Adam, fourth. No, only one. Because what Jesus did changed the course that can never be changed. He made an alteration that cannot be altered. He made a statement that cannot be disagreed with. So we start looking at the cross. What do you see? What is it that tradition has dished up for you? How do we see it? See, if we see a poor baby Jesus, we see a poor adult man on a cross. Here's here's the thing is, when you can't see, you run away from it. When they saw Jesus on the cross, they ran away. Why did they run away? You only run away from the things that you don't understand or you are afraid of. Because when you know, if you know what was happening, if, we, if there was the power of revelation that was opening up their eyes, no one saw it except for one. It was a thief on the side. He goes, I know who you are. And he put his faith in God while everybody was running away. Now, I want you to notice something. is when you understand what you're looking at, What you see manifests just in you first, and then it manifests in your reality. What you see changes the first reality, which is inward. Second reality from inward reality is outward reality. Never works the other way around. I want to just show you this scripture. We just, in Isaiah 54, 4, it says this. Yet he was the one who carried our sickness. So I want you to say, you're seeing Jesus on the cross, But if you don't see properly, the Bible is now saying in Isaiah, this is what you are looking at. You're not looking at a man that was arrested, that was forcibly put on the cross. You're looking at the Lamb of God. Now, I want you to watch this before we go on here. The Bible calls him the Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, it teaches us what a Lamb of God is. Number one, it has to be the firstborn. Second, It has to be male. Third, it's not allowed to have any deformity in it at all. Not one. It has to be healthy. It has to be vigorous. It has to be strong. It has to pass all the tests. 
So what you are looking at when you go to the cross, he's the Lamb of God. In other words, he went on the cross without being sick. He went on the cross without being poor, being depressed. So when we are looking at him, we go, what is happening on the cross? Visually, we've seen a battered body. We've seen a bloodied body. We've seen the anguish. But what do we really see? See, people go to um, art exhibitions. People go to historic churches. They see statues of Jesus. But there is no power in the statue. There is no power if you don't understand what you're looking at. Is once you get your eyes understanding open, listen to this. Yet he was the one who carried our sickness, endured the torment of our suffering. Listen to this. We viewed him as the one who was being punished for something he himself had done, is the one who struck down by God and brought love. I want you to notice the, the key word here, we viewed him. So people, people that understood the Bible, people that went to the synagogue every Sabbath, people that followed Jesus for miracles, they looked at the cross and they viewed him because they, did, they were blind. He says, he, instead of seeing that my sicknesses are being carried, instead of seeing that my punishment is being carried, we looked at Jesus and they were saying, well, he deserves that. He was forced on the cross. So that what, what happens with us is if our initial indoctrination is wrong, we view everything as wrong. So when we view Jesus, what do we see? When you, when you see yourself, what do you see? See, somebody down the track has come in and changed the way you think, changed the way you read, changed the way that you respond. So what we have is this. Let me give you what... <coughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. You know what? Just put this in right now. The reason people ran away from the cross is because they saw their own depravity. They saw, because you're going to learn this. Now watch this. We viewed him as the one who was being punished for something he himself had done. Is the one who was struck down by God and brought love. Let me just show you that this is so much in the world today. So many people feel like if they get sick, they're being punished for God. What did you do wrong? Hello? Oh, you're sick. What did you do wrong? What, you're being punished. It's still in the world. These people are still viewing that God is punishing for something he himself had done. It is the one who was struck down by God and brought low. Let me just show you something, what is happening. Is that the reason we People moved away from God because God, Jesus came to the cross absolutely healthy, absolutely wealthy, absolutely in sound mind, absolutely in love. There was nothing wrong with him. Can we agree on this this morning? Jesus came on the cross with nothing wrong with him. Pilate actually helped us. He said, I cannot find fault in him. 
So the judgment of the ruler of the day that everybody is under says, I cannot find fault. Now, keep that in your mind, find fault. Put it away. We're going to pick it up later. Now, Apostle Paul helps us in this. And he uses monetary, finance. It's, it's, Paul starts talking about giving and poverty. And he uses that and he goes to the cross and then shows us what happened. Now, we have a look at 2 Corinthians verses 8 and 9. For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, and though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. I want you to watch this. What's Paul saying here? He's given us a description of what's happening on the cross. He gives us a description of before the cross, and then on the cross, and then he gives us something after the cross. He says, for you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. I want to show you something what happened at the cross. Jesus became poor. The best word for poverty is to be destitute. That means that, watch this, Jesus was on the cross. Now, I, don't, I know we live in the, in the third world, in our generation, and we got um, ratings. There are some Jesus films that have an R rating. There are some Jesus that have a G rating. The reason being is, is that we've been sanitized. So when they put Jesus on the cross, they stripped him naked. They stripped him naked. He hung on the cross with zero. He owned nothing. Now listen, to this is destitute. It means to be bankrupt, exhausted, impoverished, indignant, insolvent, needy, penniless, poor, poverty-stricken, strapped, beggared, bereft, busted, deficient, depleted, void of, dirt poor, devastated, drained, empty. Just take that symbolism there, that Jesus came on the cross and he went from sitting on the throne of God, the owner of everything, to being on the cross and he is absolutely depleted of everything. Think about this. So he goes on the cross. He doesn't even know that. We're even saying it today. Do you realize he was so poor he couldn't afford to be buried? Somebody else had to step in and they lent him a grave. Jesus went from total owning everything to total zero. So when we look at him, we go, what in the world's happening? What he did, he, need, he said that there's going to be a transfer. Because when Jesus left his riches, he took your poverty so that you can have what he left. I know that this is grown-up talk. 
It works the same way. Jesus came on the cross absolutely healthy. His organs were working. His heart was working. His kidneys were working. His muscles were working. He never knew any pain. But he did what Paul said. He's, he actually went from being totally and utterly healthy to being totally and utterly riddled with pain from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Do you realize that Jesus took the combined sicknesses of every single person and he took it? So he placed his health down and he became totally sick. See, when you look at Jesus, do you see sickness? Do you realize when God talks about sickness, sickness happens in three realms. You can be physically sick, emotionally sick, and spiritually sick. Jesus took every single depression. So when we're looking at Jesus... You can see your sickness. You can see your poverty. You can see the note from the bank that says, you know, funds denied. You can see the x-ray that says you have a tumor. See, when we, when we see Jesus, if we look at him through the natural eyes, he's a criminal. But when you look at him through the eyes of God and somebody's explaining, it was like me looking at that painting. I don't get it. But then when I see it, I go, wow. See, if we don't understand this, Christianity becomes a struggle. Now, I want you to notice something else that was amazing. That he never asked your permission to die for you. Jesus never went, hey, Pete, hey, I tell you what, let's make a bargain. Come on, I'm into bargaining. Come on, come on. If you serve me, I'll tell you what, I'll die for you. Depending on how well you serve me, depending on how many diseases I take. If you're only going to be half-hearted, you only get half of the thing. He never asked permission from anybody. It was a free Will offering. So Jesus comes in and goes, what are we watching? People were watching blood and they go, oh look, he's bleeding. They're looking at the crown of thorns. Isn't that amazing? Just listen to me carefully here. The crown of thorns. That every negative thought, every thought that diminishes how you feel and think was represented by the thorns. Where God started, he started at the top and worked his way down. That means you can have a whole mind. Okay, I'll keep that one to myself. See, what, see if we don't understand what we're looking at, we're looking at a broken man and we're going, what does that mean? It means that God did everything. Listen to Isaiah 53, 4. But the fact is that he was, it was our pain he carried, our dis, disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. Just, just, just put that there. Everything that's wrong. Let me just ask you this question. What 
Has somebody told you is wrong with you? And what do you think is wrong with you? And God says, if you can think it, it's on the cross. So you know what that means? Let me just show you something. When you're a born-again believer, you've got to stop lying. What is lying? Lying is not agreeing with God's word. See, you go, I'm a nobody. You can't say that. Very good, Ted. Thank you. Listen to this. He bought himself that. God was punishing for his own failures. I want you to notice this. God was, people thinking that God was punishing him for his own failures. Listen, he came on the cross perfect. Now, just let me show you what perfect means. And a lot of people go, well, well, well didn't Jesus suffer while he was on earth? No. Now, watch this. The Bible says in Matthew that I did not come to destroy the law, but fulfill the law. You know what that means? The Bible says this. When Adam sinned, he had to do certain things to go back and receive the blessing of God. So before Jesus, what you did determined what you have. Right? So now, watch this. Jesus couldn't have been sick before the cross. The reason being, he fulfilled the law. And the law says if you can keep it, you get perfect health, perfect victory, everything is perfect. See, the, the fruit of being right with God is that everything in your life is flourishing to the nth degree. So Jesus couldn't have been sick because he fulfilled the law. Jesus couldn't have been broke because he fulfilled the law. He couldn't have been depressed because he fulfilled the law. So the person that fulfill the law gets put on the cross. Now, let's keep going. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. The word there, whole, is peace. The word peace is shalom. The word shalom means that you have perfect health. Your mind is perfect. Your wealth is perfect. Everything about you is perfect. Through his bruises, we get healed. So when people say, when, do I, when did I get my healing? You got your healing at Easter. Now, we're going to pray for people. I, I believe that God's going to heal bodies today. I believe God's going to heal minds. I believe God's going to save people. The reason being, if I didn't believe that, then I'm not celebrating Easter. I'm looking at something that doesn't exist. Now, what you're seeing is on the cross. This is what you see. I'm seeing my sins. I'm seeing my faults. I'm seeing the fruit of somebody that kept, keeps breaking God's law. So Jesus is on the cross, and now listen to 1 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of your need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him, and have an abundance of every good work, an act of charity. I want you to notice here. 
right here, he takes away this religious thing that we have that you don't have it here, you have it when you die. So we, without knowing it, we've been exhorted to suffer because if we suffer, then we get it in heaven. Here's my problem with that. That Jesus didn't suffer in heaven, he suffered on earth. So what, what we have here, he says, he says, you get every favor. That means there's a spiritual favor and there's an earthly favor, all coming to abundance. And what God is saying here, there has been a transfer that the life of Jesus was put on hold. He went and he died. And now the life of God is now transferred to you. Let me see if I can say it in a way you might get excited. Here's the thing. is if you, if you view Jesus as broke, guess what? You receive him thinking, I've just got a broke Jesus. If you believe that Jesus is sick, you've just received a sick Jesus. If you believe that God doesn't love you, see, see the whole thing is, is that when we look at the life of Jesus, it was one constant victory after victory after victory after victory. And he goes, so when he comes to the cross, he leaves that behind and he becomes who you are so that he, you can become who he is. See, the work was done on the cross, not by your own self-will or your self-effort. Look at Isaiah 53.5, says this. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. And in his woundings, we found a healing. Just think about this one. He endured the punishment that, was, that made us completely whole. Um, now, I only finished year 10 at school, okay? And um, English, was not, English was my 10th subject. Is he talking future tense or past tense here? Okay, I, I need an interpreter. After, to not, you know, when you go um, home this afternoon, you will say this, I'm not going to church, I've been in church. See, to, uh, I'm going out on a date this afternoon, not to get married because I am married. Jesus is now saying what I did on the cross is now. See, Easter is now. Resurrection is now. So when we start talking about Jesus, he goes, in the present tense on the cross, I did it all for you. I held nothing back. See, to be totally deprived is to have zero. Do you realize that Jesus exhausted poverty? Jesus exhausted sickness. Jesus exhausted depression. When he was done on the cross, there was nothing left. Because he said, look, I am totally and utterly spent. 
So when Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying this, the transfer is now complete. It's in your account. Let me just ask you this question then. If it's in your account, do you need to ask? How many of you, when you go to the ATM, you ring up the bank hotline, you go, excuse me, excuse me, uh, I know I've got money. Am I allowed to use the ATM? You know what they will say to you? Did you steal that card? You know, they will get cybersecurity and all that. Soon as you are at ATM, you'll hear the lights, and two people will come to you and put you um, in a car and take you to a place where the sun don't shine. See, the Bible says this. Jesus left it. He died for you. And then he put it into your account. Let's go a little bit deeper. When you ask Jesus, Jesus, would you please come into my heart? Did Jesus have to think about it? Some of you are not going to answer whatever I do. I get that. Okay, I get that. See, when, when Jesus comes to a person and he says, listen, hey, Ted, I died for you. If you believe in me, the transference of my death becomes your death and my life becomes your life. You will be totally forgiven. And I go to Jesus. When did that happen? It happened on the cross. So Jesus isn't doing this. Hey, Apostle Peter, James, John, uh, Thomas, nah, you, you're, you're still thinking about it, Thomas. It's okay. He goes, do we, let, do we let Ted in or not? And then God speaks up. And he goes, what do you mean to let Ted in? I let him in on the cross. Jesus, is it your will to heal me? The father goes, I answered it on the cross. Jesus, you know, I'm lacking. I can't pay my bills. Will you help me? I answered it on the cross. You see, when you know the cross, the cross says answered. Done deal. Oh, I'll get worship team to come up. You good? Yeah. Oh, I love, this is a great message. I'm going to listen to this myself. I'm already, I'm already got this where I'm going to send to people. It's because, see, the Easter. Yeah, come on. If, come on, if you're going to clap, clap. Come on. See, for you, in a year of acceleration, spend most of your time trying to convince God to give you what he's already given you. What, see, what, when Jesus said, have you, you, you know, look, best way I can put it, have you ever, you know when, you, when your iPhone, your computer of it does an update, right? You know what a phone is, don't you? Okay, one of these but smaller, okay. Every time this thing does this update, right, the computer, everything stops, and I get this line. It's an annoying line. Sometimes it's so slow. But you know what? At the end, it goes like this. I get this. My computer talks to me. I like it. And he goes, download completed. In other words, you can now start to use your device. You know what today is? Today you can start living. 
Today, you can start rejoicing. Today, you can go, wow, I tell you what, I'm going to walk out of here absolutely done. Because the transfer is complete. Your salvation is complete. Your healing is complete. Your mind is now complete. Your finances are now complete. See, everything that you can think of that is negative was on the cross. Jesus, the Father, didn't leave one sickness on earth. He exhausted sickness. The bank of sickness is now bankrupt. The bank of depression is now bankrupt. See, if you press, I want, I, I want to be depressed, it says insufficient funds. God, I, 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 do you, sickness, insufficient funds. You see, God bankrupt the earthly system. God bankrupt failure. God bankrupt it. So now it is not, does God want to? It is God, I'm here to receive it. So here right now, as, as we're coming to a close, we're going to be praying for the sick. We're going to open up the altar and we're going to pray. But before I do that, and those watching online and, and if you're here, if you've never seen Jesus, see, what shocks me now when I see Jesus on the cross, I go, he, that was me. That was my poverty. That was my sickness. That was my sin. That was my depression. That was my negativity. That was me. But then, finish the thought. But then God said, now, because I paid for it, I took it. I bankrupt sickness out of your life. Now, why don't you take my life? Do you realize what salvation means? Salvation means, Steph, Steph mentioned it before, that God fills you. That means that God of the universe, the one that put the stripes on Jesus, the one that did that, comes to live inside of you. So now Easter is not something I celebrate outside. Easter is something I celebrate on the inside. And I want you to notice. But Ted, are you sure? Uh, look, look, okay, okay, Pastor Ted, I get you. I, I can get that he's doing that. But what's the guarantee? How do I know that it is finished? Because on the third day, on the third day, Sunday, Jesus goes, Jesus goes, you won't see me for a little while, little while, only three days, it's okay. But on the third day, I'm going to rise without your help. I'm going, to I'm going to arise without your worship. I'm going to arise without your giving. Because what I did, when I said it is finished, I ticked. I went to every bank and I made sure that they were bankrupt. I went to everything and on the third day, I rose from the dead. And that becomes your eternal guarantee. How do I know that if, if the world ends today, I'm going to be with Jesus? I have a guarantee. It's called the resurrection.
I have a guarantee that He's eternal. Now I want you to notice something. When Jesus died on the cross, He was the last Adam. In other words, this is no one ever has to die. No one ever has to go through it because Jesus said, I have fulfilled everything. So now, for those watching online and here, would you receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? I want every, every eye closed right now. This is... We've got, to make, we've got to make this, this is not an event, but to celebrate Easter with reverence. God, what part of my life am I living that you took on the cross so that I'm living now? Right now, just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to see Jesus. I want to see him in the light of Scripture. If you're sick, when you see Jesus, He's paid for it. If you're struggling in any area with any addiction, it's done. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He says, the sin that separated you, what separated you, the sin that separated you from the Father, I've done. So it's no longer what do I have to do, it's what do I have to receive. It's not what I have to do, but it's what I have to receive. So just right now, in the if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to, the Bible says, how do I receive? The Bible says, if you will believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and he rose again for you and you will confess him as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. That's, that's all you've got to do. That's all you've got to do. So when you look at Jesus on the cross, you're saying, he's done that for me. And then he's saying, I've done that for you, but now I want to give you my life. So Father, right now, in Jesus' name, every place, every person here and watching us online, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you just lift up your hand? I want to pray for you. Don't walk out of here without receiving the greatest gift of all. Easter is, is not about what we give to God, but it's what He has done for us. And those watching online, you know, you, you, you can make the same call at any time. You don't need to be here present, but you just need to have an open heart. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I know if you all can do it, every one of us, we're going to pray the sinner's prayer because there are people watching online and maybe you're here and you go, I don't know if, I, if I'm sure, but I, I, I want to do this. Come on, just, just before we go to the next part of our service, why don't you just repeat this after me, every single person. Father, come on, Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus took my place. He took my sin. He took my sickness. He took my poverty. And I right now receive Him as my Lord and Saviour. I know that I am now born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're online, you can find a subscription and you can get a hold of us. Now, we're going to finish our service. I love that. We're going to sing a song. If you need prayer, 
If you're sick, we're going we're gonna to have a prayer team. We're going to pray for you. If you're feeling depressed, we're going to pray for you. If you just want to come up for prayer, we will pray for you. Because today is the day of breakthrough. Come on, why don't we stand? Now, why don't we give Jesus an amazing round of applause? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we, as, we, as we sing now, if you're sick, if you need prayer, the front is going to be open. Hey, we've got hot cross buns down the back. Um, there's kids, parents. You need to pick up your kids. Um, if not, we will find you. Say, hey, God bless you and just let me pray for you for this week. Father, I just thank you.